Alrighty then. And welcome to another edition, 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 an edition. I don't know. Erection, addiction, e I don't know. Edition. There's all kinds of things going on. It's all kinds of things going on. A fun-filled Friday, ripping the rack version. Uh, I am your tri-host. I don't know why I keep saying tri-host other than there's three of us, three try, try three. I don't know. Try three, I guess. Uh, I am your tri host Tim. With me today, as usual, is tri host Brian. Hi, everybody. And tri host Maki. Yeah, guys, what's going on? Glad to be back. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Friday. How was everybody's week? Dude, we made it, it feels like spring out. It's so nice. Until it's Saturday. So nice. Until Saturday when it's back into the 20s again. 28 and 45 mile an hour winds here on the awesome. coast, Tim. Awesome. So it's going to feel like 11. <laughs> Even better. Or really, really cold for our friends in the north because I don't know what that is in centigrade. Just, you know what? I will say this. Just be thankful you're not in Colorado right now. They are. Well, that's, that's where we're headed. Right? They right? Are, no, no, no. They are. Yeah, but hopefully we miss this one. Yeah, they are expecting this snowstorm that they're getting. I can't remember the name of the place. They are expecting 91 inches of snow out of this storm. That's seven and a half feet of snow in one That's storm. That's got to be up in the mountains. Out of here. Are you kidding me? No. 91 inches of snow? That's ridiculous. Yep. I so can. Uh, but my sister-in-law, Kelly's sister, lives just outside of Denver, in Metro Denver. And uh, they, they came from the south. Like, her husband is, he's a Marine, and he's from Georgia. And he had never seen snow till he met her when he was stationed in Maine. And they had lived in North Carolina and Bahrain, you know, hot places. So now, you know, they're out there and they got a foot and a half of snow. And um, my my wife's talking to her sister and all I can hear in the background is, now I remember why I left this shit. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry. I start, I start bitching when we get like three inches of snow. Well... Fuck it, who am I kidding? I start bitching before it even starts snowing. Period. You bitch when it's like 50 degrees outside <laughs> in, in, in October. And then you get pissed when, you know, you get happy when it's 50 in April. It's weird. I don't get happy <laughs> at 50 in April. I get happy at 50 in March. Well, if absolutely. But it's New England. You know, it snows and it's winter. And yeah, it always sucks. But 91 inches of snow is a ridiculous number. It, it's, it's like stupid. I mean, that's yeah. like not even, and I'm trying to find a friend of mine posted the, uh, uh, I just can't. I that is know. a snowpocalypse. I mean. I'm watching the Weather Channel's like analysis of it right now. And this thing looks like its own country of a cloud system. Like it's massive moving yeah. over. It is huge. Yeah. Wow, that's got to suck. And it's coming at us. It's Except for, right for I, I, I don't think we're supposed to get any snow out of it i don't think we don't need any more snow we need the snow to melt and the earth to dry and golf courses to open i would be okay with oh, you know i've always oh. said i would be perfectly fine it could snow all year round in the mountains on the ski slopes as long as everywhere else was 75 to 80 degrees I would so you, be happy. So you want to live around like, you know, like what, around Phoenix because, you know, it's a two hour drive to ski and then you can come back and go to like another two hours and go to a lake, you know, like. Um, yeah, but that's that's only in the wintertime. It, it, there's not 
there's no snow in Flagstaff in the summer. It's it's like living here in Maine in the summer. It's like 80 degrees and, and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well. I can't. I, I was... I was trying to, I can't remember who posted the, the, the forecast and the snow totals, but it, it ranged everything from like something like two to three feet of snow in Denver to seven and a half feet of snow up in like the mountain pass. They'll, like they'll end up obviously shutting the road down and you won't be able to pass for a few days. And Mark, Titus is going to be happy, huh? Two to three they, feet of snow in Denver. My God. That's right where that uh, Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling promotion is located at that um, Brian and I do other commentary for on Johnny Death Drop's channel. Um, They are right in Denver, Colorado. So we watch their shows and we live stream with them. They are bang right there in uh, Broncos country. Okay. I Uh, I just, sorry to interrupt. No, no. I just found it. So uh, apparently this is for this weekend, not for today, but I don't know when it's supposed to start. Sometime this weekend in Colorado, uh, they're projecting 32 inches in Fort Collins, 41 inches in Loveland, 81 inches at Red Feather Lakes, and 91 inches at Estes Park, RMNP. I don't know what RMNP is, but that's... Rocky uh, Mountain National Park. Uh, I mean, so it's probably I, like... But that's probably uh, like up in some high mountainous... Yeah. It's northern... Right, right. I, that's a... Uh, <laughs> I, that's just crazy. That's insane. Even the moose and stuff out there are going to be like, what is this shit? (laughs) Look. Eight feet of snow. That's more than Andre the Giant of snow. Yeah. That's ridiculous. In one time. Like. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Like, I'd never be able to leave the house. That's me with Colin on my shoulders. Right. That's how much snow that is. Look, I'm five feet, five inches tall. I wouldn't be able to leave the house. You'd nope. have to have a flag. You'd have to have one of those big flags, like the people I, one of those the shopping carts. Flag, one of those orange <laughs> flags that go in the back of your car. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't even have one of those like beacons on the top of your head because you wouldn't see it over the snow wall. No, your snow would still be higher. God, that's just stupid. Like, literally, right, that's that's just that's crazy I to mean, me. It doesn't snow as much as it used to when I was a kid. I can remember when I was a kid, we got a lot of snow all the time. I think we were just smaller, dude. I, I don't know. Well, I grew up in the mountains of, of Maine, the Western Mountains. So for me, I, we, we got a lot of snow. When I moved here to Rockland, so Rockland in Maine, it is the warmest spot in Maine in the, in the winter. And it is coldest spot in Maine in the summer. And that's because of the way it sits on the water. And it sucks because in the winter... You get rain and ice with an occasional yeah. snowstorm. And the but snow is usually wet and heavy. It, it's a lot of snow, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, of course, in the summer, it'll be, well, especially, like, to springtime, it'll be, like, uh, it'll be, like, 48 degrees here in Rockland with a fog and mist and just shitty-ass grossness. And you'll go For 10 miles. And you'll go 10 miles inland, and it will be, like, 68, 70 degrees. You notice what I didn't say there? 69. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, Timmy. Nice. Timmy, Timmy. That number's great. That's a great number. It's not a good score, though. It's, it's a great number. It's not a good score. It's it a is for half. half. It's a good half. It is a good yes. half. It's not a good 10. It's not a good and, it, and if I'm not mistaken, that's a prime number, isn't it? It is not. No, it isn't. Damn it. Nope. Okay. That's right. I was close. 
got to be something. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. 71? 71's a prime, isn't it? 71 is, yes. Yeah. Uh, Marky's a numbers guy. You could tell. 71 is prime. Yep, 71's prime. That was close. I was too off. Story of yeah. my life. <laughs> Day late and a dollar short, Tim. Two here, two there, you know. Just in time to be too late. Just in time to be too late. Um, so, in the... Uh, in the world of uh, Dirty Americans, a uh, couple, of, couple of big news. Number one, uh, Maine is opening up for business. So that's Apparently. good. Yeah. Uh, you can now come to Maine. Yeah, you don't oh. have quarantine. Come on up. Yep. You can come on up now. They like the dirty mass holes again? Yep. We can come we back like up the, there? Yep. yep, we like the dirty mass holes, the dirty Rhode Islanders, and the dirty Connecticuters. Yeah, we're, we'll probably, we're, pro- we're probably not allowed to go see Mark, though. No, we are. We, no, we yes, are. you are. Yep. Yeah, I meant, I meant by his state. No, we can. No, oh. no, no. Yeah. I don't know. If, was Maine ever excluded from Mass? I knew Mass was excluded from Maine, but I don't think... I don't think Maine was ever excluded from Mass. You could come here, but... But we couldn't get back home. That's right. You could never get back oh, home. Oh, we could. No, we could get back home. We just couldn't leave our house for two weeks. Right. Or ten days. Right. And uh, Maine is opening up to the rest of the country, I believe, uh, end of April. The rest, of the, the rest of the country can come mm-hmm. to Maine. Good. Let's and you things. can, uh, uh, yeah, which is good because. Um, and they got come up and bowl up there going on right around that time? I don't know. I bet, I bet we could probably find something for you. We should definitely oh, yeah. find something. We should. Yes. Yes. And uh, of course, uh, the other big thing, and I'm going to let, uh, I'll let you guys start the, uh, start the, this conversation. Um, I don't care if you're if you're right leaning or left leaning. Uh, there are parts of this bill, and for those of you that don't know, we're talking about the uh, the stimulus bill um, that has passed Congress here in the states, um, giving uh, the majority of Americans fourteen hundred dollars each. I say majority because I think it is. It's it, capped at uh, seventy five thousand. Uh, for a single income per, or head of household, um, or no, it's seventy-five thousand if you file independently. Yeah, file based single. on tax return. If you file head of household, it's ninety-five thousand is the income cap, and if you file joint married, it's one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Anything okay. above any of those numbers in those categories gets nothing. You. Yeah, I thought it was nothing once you got past another threshold. I thought it was it was decreasing. like a ten th- it was like a ten thousand dollars. Oh, okay. Threshold. It I, was I like a decreasing a stimulus. Rate. Okay. But then once you hit X, I don't remember what that number was, but it, once like a, a small joint n- couple I, hit. Yeah, I, like I, I don't number. think there's one for the family. I think that's a hard cap. I think 150. Okay. Um I, either way. What's your, yeah. what Brian, what's your what's your take on it? Selfishly? Yeah, pay me. I want my money. Um, I think it could have been directed better. Um, the individual money, the caps could have been lower in places. It could have been funneled differently to people who need it. There could have been, you know, different ways of ensuring that people that really need it get it. Um, I like the businesses part of it. And I like the vaccine supplement where they're providing money to help with vaccine rollouts and getting more people vaccinated. And I mean, let's face it, when, when we achieve enough vaccines and enough people who just naturally get the virus and get antibodies, we can open the economy back up and make money. 
I think that's more important now is trying to get as many people that want to be vaccinated or need to be vaccinated as quickly as possible so we can open the country up as quickly as possible. The small business money I'm a fan of. I know there's money hidden in there somewhere that's going to big companies and foreign entities and fuck them. There. Okay. Maki, what about you, buddy? I I agree with a lot of what Brian just said right there about the small business money specifically with running the lanes. It was very difficult last time to try to get into the mix of it, so I chose not to. The first round of PPE, we didn't get any loan money for Riverwalk because we were doing okay. We were going to come out of it. And there was a lot of small businesses that were having a hard time getting money. There was a lot of things that came out later that big corporate entities got to the line and got their money first and got too much money. And it made a lot of smaller businesses, you know, just have a hard time getting it, not getting enough. So I just personally stayed out of it. But now there was something that was changed about it, that businesses that have fewer than 20 employees are being considered before larger businesses. So smaller little mom and pops, because there's, there's wicked levels of small business, too. you got mom and pops, uh-huh. like me and Mel, running the bowling alley. That's a tiny place. you got somebody that runs a flower shop somewhere that has 10, 15 people working for them out in the greeneries and the nurseries and stuff. There's all different levels of small businesses. And to be one of the smaller ones, it's really hard to get noticed in a crowd to get your money to help you go along. So that change is very good. The personal stimulus money will help my God, greatly, as every person can attest uh-huh, to. They yeah. always need 1400 bucks. The kids need dinner. We need gas in the truck. <laughs> we got to pay for the oil tank downstairs. You know, these yeah. are part of life that everything got the brakes put on back when everything was going okay. And then this came around. We need these vaccines out there. We need these people to put them in their arms that want to get it done. I want to go back to being able to walk around and not be freaking out about somebody not wanting to come anywhere near me. I want that to be because I didn't take a shower today. <laughs> not <laughs> back when you used to just be smelly. Remember when people used to be smelly? You don't go now. You don't go near them because they're another human being. Now you're afraid you're to go near anybody. Right, like, and we're yeah. losing something here in a society. Yes, there was a damageful thing that was going around. COVID blows. It's not a thing that just take lightly. Regardless of political, I don't give a crap what your politics are about it. A lot of people got real sick. A lot of people died. There's a lot of people that aren't here to talk about the situation. I want to get people's vaccines in their arms. They got to get more of these. They we got to get going on more ages of people. They got to do a better job of getting this out faster. If they want our country to go back to normal, the normal, I guess I say that's quotes. If we get back to the way things were, get back to business, get back to life. And I mean, we're going to achieve between the vaccine. And people actually getting the virus and surviving, we're going to achieve herd immunity sooner. People are like, well, if nobody gets vaccinated, we can't ever get there. Well, we can because people... That's not true, but it takes a lot longer and a lot more people that die from it. But in in my opinion, in my opinion, the people are playing Russian roulette, basically going, I'm not going to get vaccinated if I get it. Well, good luck to you. I really hope you survive. And if you do, you get antibodies and you're adding to the immunity that we're building. Yeah. I see the, 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 the vaccine is so important. The, I'm, I'm going to go for a second here and just call it. Yeah. If, if somebody's a tinfoil hat about there's a chip in the vaccine or there's a, uh, there, it's a tracking solution or right, the four 5G is going to melt our brains or all this. Come on. Come on. Seriously. There were people that thought the same thing about the polio vaccine, about the MMR vaccines a long time ago. And those were nothing but some of the best things that ever happened to humanity as a whole. If this uh-huh. thing is that bad, and it obviously is, look at numbers. 
let's get this thing kicked. Let's get some immune. Let's just get back to regular. Anybody who says, oh, I'm not because they're going to know where I am. It's a tra- It's a government plug. Just shut up. Shut up. Number one. It's not helping. That number one. Can I, real quick, Tim, I, I got yeah. one comment. Yeah. If anybody can look through history, we want to get back. We want to go back 100 years and look at. The Spanish flu of 1918 decimated the world. It decimated our country. There's a reason it's called the Roaring Twenties. We're going to get back there, and the vaccine's going to help us get there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, couple of couple of things. One is the whole chip in the, in the vaccine thing. Yeah. So, first off, if the fucking government wants to put a chip in me, I lead the most boring life ever. Have fucking at it. I feel really bad for the person that has to follow me. Oh, Tim took another shit today. Oh, three times <laughs> he took a shit today. Okay, Bill he Gates might want, doesn't give a fuck where he, you are. <laughs> he might he might want to get his uh, gastrointestinal issues fixed. Number two, I carry around a cell phone, as does 95% of all adults in the United States. If you don't think the government can't track you, well, no, no matter some, what you turn on and off. Speaking for someone that worked for a major cell phone provider in the United States for a couple of years, I can tell you. And a wireless internet provider. And a wireless internet provider. I can tell you if the government truly wants to track your, they can track you. Patriot Act, baby. They, they, <laughs> they're already tracking you if they if they feel the need to. So if, if you think the FBI is following you, they have been for a long time. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. If you just finally get the gist of it, yeah, that means so, they've already seen you a long time. Ultimately, yeah. I, I don't care if the government wants to track me. I don't. I do not care. And I'll tell you why. Again, I don't break the law. I don't. I do. I do stupid things. Sure. Wait, 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 wait. Are they going to tell our wives the stupid things we do? Because then I do care. As long as we don't break the law, then they have no cent in that nickel. Thank so you. you can you can okay. be a moron. Just don't break the law about it. And right. we're good. Okay. And we're I, good. I don't. I don't. I fear my wife more than I fear the police. Yes. In yes. A yes. I'd rather situation. go with them than my This wife. is a yes. given fact. Yes. Yes. Uh, Brian has heard angry Angie. Um, <laughs> he's like no. he's heard it. No, don't do he that. He is still scarred by it. Um <laughs> so here's the thing. Like when I say I don't break the law, it means I I'm just not I don't do stupid things. Like I'm not trying to overthrow the government. I'm not trying to do anything. The fact is I can sit here and go bomb assassination uh terrorist uh um, Thanks, Tim. Now all three whatever. of us are on the watch list. And guess what? You know what's going to happen? The NSA, the NSA is going to get this algorithm, and it's going to say, okay, this just popped up. You know what they're going to do? They're going to look at this and they go, oh, it's just a fucking moron in Maine just... On Skype. On Skype. Right. Like, sitting around talking about all these different things. These guys aren't doing... All right, fine. So here's the thing. Number one, there is no vaccine. There is no... Uh, chip in the vaccine because the needle that they have to give you to give the vaccine is not large enough to pass a chip through fact 
And that's the first thing Kelly tells everyone, because my wife is licensed to stick people in the arm with things. And she's like, they don't make a microchip small enough that would function. No. No. We don't have nanites it's yet. Not, it's, it's not we, the we microchip the they board. stick in your puppy. It's not that big. No. That needle's not that big. No. So, and number two is getting back to the original kind of topic here is selfishly, sure, give me 1400 bucks. I'm paying for it anyway. You're just going to give it back to the government, probably. I'm just giving it back <laughs> to the government. One way or another. Like, either between I, the taxes we're going to have to pay on it or bills. <laughs> whatever. Fact. Fact. It's, it's, it's going somewhere. Is it going to help me? Sure. 2800 bucks between Angie and I. Can we use that money to pay bills? Can we use it to help Improve the small house. businesses here? Absolutely. Right. Are we going to spend that money versus save it for retirement? Fucking of course we're going to spend it. Right. Go out to dinner. Go to your restaurants. Go yes. out to the bowling alley. Go bowl. Go to your go-karts. Go play mini golf. It, it like infuse it back into the yes. community. Go to right a drive-in movie, please. When the when it oh, heats yes. up out, please go to drive-ins. They're so cool and they're dying. I hope it's those awesome. take back off. That's they one thing to. that yes. COVID brought back to life. Like is the old drive-in theater. Yep. Kelly and I go to one drive in a year somewhere in Maine, either Skowhegan or Bangor or Pride's Corner, and it's awesome. I saw Solo at a drive-in, and that was cool. So the last thing I the last thing I'll say is ultimately I'm not a fan of the entire bill. And I and I stated this before we got on air. I was just we were kind of talking a little bit. And the fact is, is if you give everybody in the United States fourteen hundred dollars. There's like 350 million people. It comes out to, I don't know, call it call it $400 billion. We'll round up. $400 billion. There is now $1.5 trillion still left in this bill. And a third of that and a third overall of that is probably vaccine rollouts and business money. And business money, which I am 100% on board with helping. Yes. I am not on board with the pork that's on this that's within this it's the infrastructure deal in you know it's building the bridge in indiana that's going over nothing it's you know i don't know i'm just using as a i don't know if there's a bridge in indiana that goes over nothing i'm sure there is there was talks of building a bridge in new york but i believe that was removed from the bill there was talk of something else that was they want to put a beach in new york they want to put a beach in new york so i'm not a fan of the infrastructure that has no bearing on COVID relief. Okay. That's where you have to draw the line. Yeah. This is not supposed about... to be a COVID relief. So as, as I understand these bills and whatnot, my kids' kids are going to be helped paying these back. We're robbing in, Peter in, to pay Paul in yes. so many instances. We're going to be raising taxes. We're going to be doing all sorts of things to help infuse the economy with this COVID relief bill. That... But, but we ain't going to raise the minimum wage. No. <laughs> so, look, selfishly, sure. Been... Well, quick question. Yep. To ponder. And I don't know the answer to this, and I don't know if either of you guys do. Would it have been cheaper to give us all this money, or would it have just been cheaper to raise the fucking minimum wage and we would have got it over time? Those give are kind the, of the two give, give the money. Yeah? Give the, give the money. Yes. 
Okay. If you're going to raise yeah. a minimum wage, you have to raise the amount of, I believe, like currency that's in the circulation. There has to be more out there because otherwise you're going to have businesses that are going to try to save money and go more automated or mechanized. And that's the reverse side of the high nature of the $15 minimum wage that they were going for. There would have been so many businesses that would have, if unless the money kept coming in at a greater degree to compensate for the, the percentage that that guy's, whatever business's minimum wage, whatever state's, whatever, whatever that minimum wage was, to automatically bump it to 15, you'd have to have that automatic percent extra business come in to supplement that. Yeah. So that you can either keep profits and bottom lines the same, or you'd have to find a delicate balance between what is the new profit and what is my new payout. As a not, business owner, that's a delicate balance. Not only that, but but when you raise that minimum wage, it's not just you're also looking at the people that are currently making X amount of dollars. Realistically, you should be raising them as well. Or you just put about 200,000 people into a minimum wage job that weren't before. That weren't before. <laughs> and now you are you are looking at, you know, your, you know, the price of gas. Go, well, look, fuck it. Price of gas is going up anyway. But yeah, it's, it's getting to be it's summer. Your price of course of, it's going up. It's your price of material. Your material goods are all going to go up as well. So just because you raise the minimum wage doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help the economy because everything else is going to go up as well. I mean, you don't have to raise it to 15. I mean, in a perfect world, what's wrong with a 10, $10.50 minimum wage, and then you have your programs when run correctly through the government to assist those that need it, you know? It's supplemental, you know, government aid. You yeah, know, your, tan your, stamps, your, your yep. TANFs, your housing vouchers. Help those people that are working in these jobs that are paying, you know, a, a $10 minimum wage, let's say. I mean, in a perfect world, that's what happens. We all know the government systems are run fucking retarded. Uh, sorry, bad poorly. word. Bad poorly. word, very poorly. Real poorly, <laughs> right. But, you know, when, when one thing is taken advantage of, there are people that find ways of taking advantage of other yes. things. So if you're going to create a solution like a $15 minimum wage, then okay, then that means other aspects of the economy also need to be adjusted to this new floor that we're going to exist with. That either prices are going to have to go up and people are going to have to accept it, or if they don't accept that the prices go up in order to keep pace with the average capital that your building that your business comes in with pays out to get supplies resells supplies makes profit revise it's the cycle of money you don't just run a business and keep every dime that you get you don't keep 30 percent of what you get a lot of times sometimes you have to keep reinvesting it especially if you have a big business like a restaurant or a like a department store or something where you have to constantly restock inventory if you have like a venue uh, like a entertainment venue or even a bar or something, you still have to restock your beers. But all all in all, you're you're you're. It's not like your people come in and buy your seats and those leave. Like you at least only have to buy those one. Like it's yeah. a bowling alley. I don't have to keep buying balls and pins. So my things keep making me money. So it's a little easier for some industries than others. But if you own like a a convenience store, if you own a restaurant or something like that, it is a constant cycle of capital that comes in and out. And if you're more of it's going out now that your minimum wage is going up, and if your business doesn't go up to compensate for that, now you have to start shortchanging one or the other. 
because now you don't even have enough money to buy the supplies you need to stay in business. And this doesn't happen quickly. This will happen over time. But eventually it's going to happen to a bulk of businesses at once if there's not some kind of supplemental coming into the business owner in order to compensate for this automatic jump to 15. Yeah. It's not that a jump is bad. It's not that a minimum wage is bad because it is not. But we have to make sure that our system is ready for that large of a jump to 15 and that businesses can still suffice. And whether if they, people say, oh, businesses will be fine. Yeah, Walmarts, Targets, to big corporations will be fine. Yep. Places like mine and the mom and pops will go away. We won't be able to pay out that you much and still run the business efficiently. You'll be absorbing the blast for the bigger businesses. Fact. Fact. You're yeah. a human shield. And then if there were anybody working at the smaller businesses, they're going to get laid off because I just don't have a business to pay you at anymore. So you didn't get fired. The place that you worked at closed. Yep. <laughs> so now there's going to be more people on unemployment after a little bit of a while. And that could create a downward spiral of something that may not have been thought of quite yet. The glitz of getting that much money an hour is really good. 15 bucks an hour is good pay. The end of the week, you can look at a fat check and deal with that. I uh, I still remember my my first job that I ever had. I made three dollars and eighty five cents an hour, minimum nice. wage. My first check was ninety dollars. I worked forty hour work week. I was fucking stoked. I'm like, dude, let's let's go. Like, yeah, You're you like know, fourteen, 13, uh, 15. 15, okay, yeah, fifteen, yeah, fifteen, and. Uh, you know, working for the summer. And I'm like, I got money to spend. Um, that to me is what minimum wage is for is it's for your fresh starting, just getting out young mm -hmm. adult. Okay. Teenager, young adult. Um, I don't know how to say this, so it may come out wrong. And, and if I offend anyone, I, I'm sorry. But if you're 40 something years old or 50 years old or 35, whatever it is, and you're still making minimum wage, do something to try to better yourself. And maybe you are. Maybe you work in multiple jobs. Maybe you're taking classes. I, I, I understand there's more to it than just me saying, eh, do better, you know, better yourself. But that's kind of. That's kind of what I mean is minimum wage isn't meant. I know it was meant to be a livable wage back in the 1930s when they rolled this out. It was. Minimum wage was meant to be a livable wage. That was 80 years ago. It still could have been if they had done inflation correctly. Yes. <laughs> That's the big difference. It's almost like a different economy ago before the mass inflation of the American dollar. Once yes. it wasn't backed by gold and silver anymore, once it just became print the money that we need, you got a different economic system right then and there. Things can automatically, prices change, values of goods and services change instantly. Right. And that's what I mean. That's what, I, that, that's what I'm talking about is the economy and things are different now than it was when the program was started back in the, I think it was in the 30s, if I'm not mistaken, because FDR. It was the I New Deal. Uh, yes, FDR. It was part started. of the New Deal, FDR. Yep. Yeah. So I can uh, remember I, my my grandfather telling me his first job when he was thirteen at the general store. He made a dime an hour. 
There yep. was no minimum wage. They paid what they felt you. That's how old my grandfather was. He made a dime. And he was happy to have a dollar a day is what it worked uh, out. He had, he had a little bit of money because he could probably yep. go and get a hot dog and a Coke for 15 cents. Take his yep. girl to uh, uh, a show somewhere for probably like a dollar. So all he and had to do was save money up to his do money. It. Right? All he had to do was save up his money for a week or two and he could take his girl out for a night on the town. And it was just, it was different. It was different. It was, it was a different economy ago. But, but you know, and, and this goes back to a different lifestyle back in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. That was back when the economy was set up so you could have one single wage earner. And you after could, the depression. And you could have a life. That's why you had so many stay-at-home moms. The dad would go to work. The mother stayed home and took care of the kids. They had a house. They had a car. You know, they were able to do things. You and can then, still do that now. Not with a kid or two. Okay. Maybe True. you, True. maybe, maybe True. if your wife it's is very a doctor. Rare. It's very it's, rare that you can do that now. It, it's difficult. It, it, right. It's not the norm at all anymore. It, it was the and, norm. It wasn't even up until the 80s when I was normal. growing up. I, My mom I, didn't I misunderstood. I thought Tim said that didn't happen anymore. No, it's rare. It could still it's happen rare. if one has a I misunderstood what you're saying, Tim. I apologize. Yeah. No, what I, what, I, what I mean by that is it's a different lifestyle now where minimum wage is, is a minimum wage and it's not a livable wage. I'd love to see a minimum wage be a livable wage. But that would, in today's economy, it would be impractical and you wouldn't be able to do it because to make it a livable wage, you'd have to keep everything else the same or bring all of your prices down and you couldn't do that. Right. Because it is a different world. It is a different economy. It is a different time, which means we need to evolve. And we need to, that's what I mean by that. And I, and I hope people understand when I say that, you know, when I say minimum wage isn't meant to be a livable wage, it's not. Now, it was 80 years ago. Um, you know, and look, we could go down a whole rabbit hole of, of society in general now. And, you know, what, what's happened with society in general now that you have both parents that have to work. And no one's at home, and now you have latchkey kids. I mean, latchkey kids really started when I was, you know, I, it was like the 70s and 80s is when it really started. And now, you, for the most part, you have to have two wage earners in the house. Yeah. Okay? Maki, I couldn't imagine. I, I know living down in, uh, in the 495 corridor. It's absolutely ridiculous. The, yeah. the, to, to, to live... In that court, inside that quarter, and to have a reasonable house, what I would call a reasonable house, doesn't yeah. have to be a, a, a massive home. Just a nice one family, four bedroom house for it. You know, you kind of think of it that you're it's, on the cheap side in a bad 000. neighborhood. You're looking at, I was going to say, 300000 $400,000. Yeah. So, right. my, my house, 200000 if it doesn't have a roof on it, yeah. basically. Yeah, my house where I live right now here here in Maine, if I were to take this house and I were to put this inside 495, okay, in the 495 quarter, 
would probably three times more expensive from where it is now to, to live where you live. That means that your wages have to be three times more than what we make currently up here. Yeah, pretty to, much. All, all things, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why, to be honest, we had to move a couple of years. We lived in Amesbury, yep. right up by, you know, near the bowling alley. Um, we don't live in Mass anymore. We actually moved to Plastow, New Hampshire. Yep. We moved, to, but not too far. It's only like 10, 15 minutes yeah. away. But different world here in New Hampshire, I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah. <laughs> With the way numbers and different things are done, totally different world. But no, you're absolutely right about anything down there in Mass. Like I'll give you an example, like growing up, uh, I'm from Somerville, which is literally the city next to Boston when you almost go like due west. And it's this tiny little city. There's like 40, 50,000 people that live there. You cannot buy a home for anything less than $300,000. Yeah. I couldn't find it when I tried to move out, like, you know, out of mom and dad's place, you know, just my first dude's place, a studio or something. I could not find anything less than $1,500 a month. And this was back in 2000 when I was right around 20, yeah. you know, 2000, 2001. I was about 20 years old and I was like, okay, this is time. I, I need to like grow up a little bit with my own place, you know, and I couldn't find anything that was less than 1500 bucks where it was like, I need two, three roommates. And this is why, yeah, this is why you see kids, young adults, yeah. living with their parents longer. Or, or having roommates until they're 40. Or, like Brian just said, well, even, even then, I mean, I've, I've got friends that live down there that are, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll not name names, but let's just say that friend A, you know, rents a room from friend B who is married. So, yeah. you know, that way they can afford, number one, they can, the, friend A can afford to live, and friend B and his, his, his wife can afford a house. So my best friend, or, or one of my best friends, lives in Westford. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Westford is, is inside the 495. It's right on the 495 quarter. Um, they bought a fixer-upper. Fixer for about $380,000, lived there for about four or five years, built a home for, I don't know, $700,000, $750,000. If they had built that home, the next town over, which was on the other side of 495, they would have saved something like $400,000. Just because they're inside that 495 quarter. And it boggles my mind. I can't fathom these numbers just. I, the, the house values and the house uh, uh, appraisals are just insane. The, the, just the land value, just with so many people in such a small area, yeah. it just every square foot just starts costing just thousands and thousands yep. of dollars and then try to put these homes up. And then you, you live in a nice home and you, you realize that, you know, Jesus, wait, I'm going to need two jobs here. Wait a minute. You look at your <laughs> wife. Now you got to balance out. Okay. We're both going to work. Who's going to get the part-time job? You know, what are we going to do about the kids after school? How are we going to make sure that yep. this works? How are we going to make sure that works? And then you're into this for 20 years or 30 years, depending on your mortgage that you get for the place that you just got for $400,000, Yeah. you know, but your mortgage ends up coming up to be four sixty. So, right. you know, that's what adds that last year. And it just, 
it's a lot to weigh heavy. And I know this is just the next generation crying about how hot it was. And the older generation's like, we already did that. Shut up. Yeah, okay, fine. But, you know, it's always a little more expensive the next as you go further down. So so let me let me let me ask you this, guys, because because this has been a really, really interesting. Talk. I don't know if anyone else has found this interesting. That's listening to this. I've loved this because anytime I get to talk about history and and shit like this it just interests me um one of the concepts being floated around is the forgiveness of x amount of student loan debt and i think it started at like fifty thousand dollars forgiving fifty thousand dollars in student loan debt and i think uh biden was like yeah i don't want to do that much and it's been, they've been negotiating somewhere between uh, it was ten or twenty thousand dollars and fifty thousand dollars of student loan debt. Um, I have my take on this, but I kind of quickly want to hear you guys what what your take on something like this. Are you for it? Are you against it? You know, well, I, I never went to college after high school, so I don't yeah. have any student loan. Uh, I know people that do, yeah. and I know that they would love every bit of that money to go away. Um, you know, what about the people that already paid theirs back? What about the people that worked their asses off? What about the people that sacrificed and paid their nut back the way you're supposed to? Mm-hmm. And then now it's all of a sudden because it's this time in the era that they say, nah, you're cool. Wait a okay. minute. I, I, I don't know. See, I don't have a cent in the nickel, but that's the first thing that comes to mind is like, well, wait a minute. If you're just going to forgive it now because it seems to be an issue all of a sudden... What about the people that already did it the right way for so long? Wait a minute. I, mm-hmm. I, I got that. I, I just, I want to hear Brian's take on this because I do have a take. So I, I and I, so I, I I'm going to get I back to you. I still have student loans. I, I graduated college in 2009 and I still have student loans, a considerable amount of student loan. I don't want it. Take, I don't want it taken back. I borrowed it. I understand. You know what I want to go away? The fucking interest. Make it 0% fucking interest and I'll pay every dime back. That's all I want. So, my take... I why, why, I, I that seems a lot fairer than why just... Why can we do that to everybody? Just yep. at a certain point, let's just say from here on out, they're going to restructure interest rates going forward and anything that was before, anything greater than 15% is nothing. Just, just wipe it out, you know? Here's, Even here's, 5%, whatever. Make everything before a certain point 0% interest. So I have no problem with that. I, I was accepted at multiple schools, and I couldn't afford to go. And that's on me, because I could have made it work. I'm sure. The difference that I see now in having, having a child who just graduated college the difference now is the predatory student loan business that thrives on kids like my son who was doing what he thought was the right thing to better himself by going to school. Couldn't necessarily afford it. He worked. He, he had to go to, through. He had, he had to go five years. He worked. He worked 20 hours a week. Could he have worked more? Maybe. But would, it have sacri- would he have sacrificed some of his schoolwork if he had worked more? Possibly. 
Um, I couldn't afford to pay for him to go to school. I'm not independently wealthy. The fact is, is that schools cost so much more to go now than they did 20 years ago and 30 years ago. That's what I say to those folks that said, well, I did it when I, okay, well, they're Kimosabi. It costs a hell of a lot more now. When I went was, to UMaine, in-state tuition was $24,000 a year. And it's higher now. Yes. That was when I went in 2004. It was $24,000 a year. Which is for an and I, and I went school. Five years. And yep. it went up every year. Yep. Out-of-state tuition was $32,000 a year. See, that to me is absolutely ridiculous. When you have... Yes. When you have schools, now I'm not going to pick on the Ivy League schools. They are what they are. Harvard's a great school. Yale is a great school. You get a great education. The difference is they also have multi-billion dollar endowments. So you can go to these schools and it actually costs less than to go to your state institution. But don't go to an Ivy Ivy League school in state. I got accepted to Bowdoin, and I saw what it cost, and it was forty two thousand yes. dollars a year in two thousand and four. Yes. Jesus. So this is why I'm not necessarily like my son knew, and I knew that he was going to have student loan debt. There was no way around it. What I was not aware of was the predatory side of student loans. So when they came out and said that they would like to do X, Y, or Z, I got to be honest with you. I'm in favor of it. Absolutely. I am in favor of it because it's a different time and it's a different lifestyle now than it was 30 years ago when I was looking at colleges. About 20 years ago, it became a market to make money. Yes. I I didn't go to school because I didn't I didn't want to come up with four thousand dollars. It sounds funny now, but that's what I had to come up with. And the only way that I could come up with four thousand dollars back then was to take out a loan. And I didn't want to go in debt to go to school. Mm-hmm. And I made the decision not to do it. And it honestly has has kept me from getting jobs that I have been wholly qualified for. And because has you don't have been, a magic piece of paper? Because I don't have a piece of paper that says I graduated with a degree from X amount, college or university or whatever. But yet I got 20 plus years experience. And I've even had someone say this to me. Look, you've got all the experience in the world. Matter of fact, you've got more than what we need. I'd love to hire you, but I can't because you don't have a degree. And I said, so let me get this straight. You're going to hire someone with a degree with no experience whatsoever versus the guy that has 20 years experience but doesn't have a degree. I said, I would argue that my life degree is better than. And I would agree with that. I There's uh-huh. no substitute for real world experience in whatever field that you do. You can know all the books. You can know all the numbers. But until you've been in the practical situations of whatever your field is. Oh, hello, Kitty. <laughs> until you've actually been in the, the field and learned how to you know, make adjustments on the fly of doing mm-hmm. whatever you're doing. The guy who's been in the field 
The person who's been actually working in the field for X years, they have the trained hands. They have the trained know-how. Mm-hmm. If you got the piece of paper, I mean, that you were in class and you read it in the book, you might have done a few demonstrations, but you don't have the life experience, to a practical experience to do your thing. Now, do I think that do I think that my child should have all of his student loan debt taken away? No, that's not what I'm the, saying. The, the interest would be nice because that's the predatory part. That's the, the interest is a very fair compromise. That's an interesting point. If you I just get be, rid of the I interest be, rate, if, if they if they said, you know what, no interest rate. It's it's a zero percent, you know, or even or even a half or something. That maybe they got to make a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Fine. Administrative percent. One percent administration fee. Something. Half a percent. Mm-hmm. They're gonna make they're gonna make a little bit enough to pay and run and do whatever. I just I just find it absolutely ridiculous that ninety-five percent of all kids, and they are kids, that go to college start their life in debt. Because they've tried to better themselves. And, you know, to again, to those that says, well, I did it. I don't care. The average percentage rate on a freshman in college's student loan is 18.5%. Most, honestly, end up being 20 or above percent. How is that fair to a kid who's supposed to try and go to school to have 20% interest on top of however much money he's borrowing? And you frame it in the point with, oh, you just start paying it back when you're done. Yeah, you well, it's because you're trying to get a job, you're trying to get a house, you're trying to get a car, you're trying and to by get the your way, life that off in- the ground. That interest starts day one of you getting that loan. Not at the end when you pay it off. It's not zero percent until you graduate. No, no, no. It's twenty percent no. from your freshman year, and then you take out another one your sophomore year, and then you take out another one. And another one, and they're all twenty percent or higher. That's that's my that's that's kind of. Sally Learn May is a trade organization. Learn trades, bring back trade schools, bring I, back trades in high schools. Teach yep. kids the carpentries, teach kids electrician, teach them how to be uh, hairdressers and barbers and stylists. Teach them how to fix cars. I I, I finally figured out why my teachers told me you don't want to do that. You'll end up as a plumber. Or you'll end up as a, as like a painter, or you'll end up as a carpenter because they made more money. You'd than be they happy. Were. You'd be independently yeah. comfortable. You'd have your own business. You'd be your own boss, and you'd have your own outlook it, on here's life. Here's what people don't realize, Tim. What's the general or regional manager of McDonald's make in a year? Oh boy, this is fun. I started at McDonald's. That was my. That was one of my first jobs. Not the one where I was making three dollars and eighty-five cents an hour, but. It was my first big boy job when I was like 17. And I made five bucks an hour. When I got done, I was given the opportunity. They said, hey, would you like to go into management? And I was like, no, because I, I really want to be a cop. That's what I want to stigma, do. Right, though, it's McDonald's. It's, it's McDonald's. Stigma. So I obviously have still have friends that work for McDonald's. The store manager of the McDonald's where I grew up in, in little old South Paris, Maine, I don't know what they make now, but I am guessing they make around seventy to $75,000 a year. 
as a store manager, as a store manager of McDonald's. The district manager makes over a hundred thousand dollars a year. So if you want to sit there and badmouth McDonald's and say, oh, my God, you only work at McDonald's. Odds are, if they're a manager, they're probably making more than you. <laughs> I was going to say 75000 That's you, pretty comfortable. That's you pretty McDonald's damn 10 years of your time, and you could make $100,000 if you're good. I look back now, and I'm like, and I love the job. I absolutely, that's one of my favorite jobs I've ever had in my life is working at McDonald's. I had so I had so much fun working there. Most importantly, they taught me how to work, how to be on time to a job, how to how to handle criticism, how to how to work. Like you have to work at this. And that's why it bugs the shit out of me when people, oh, eh, they only work at McDonald's. <coughs> oh, they only well. Hey, hey, you know what? Looks are deceiving. You wouldn't think that I'm good at customer service because I'm an asshole most of the time. But Tim can contest. I get on a phone. I'm a lovable, lovable dude when you get I me mean, on a phone. I mean, he's not as good as I am, but he's pretty damn good. You know, I no could care less if I had a bud that was working at McDonald's. You know what? Who cares? There's somebody. They're going to work. Yeah, they're flipping burgers. They're getting free food. Good for them. They're making money. You know what the best part is? You're if you're their buddy, you're like, hey, hey, what are you throwing away? No, no, bring them here, bring them here. That's all we Munchy ever runs. did when we had yeah. friends that worked at McDonald's and Burger King. Are you shitting me? We'd get on there in a car full of like four or five of us, and they'd hook us up. Never knock the kid that works at McDonald's. He probably is, A, working harder than you, or mm -hmm. B, if he stays there long enough, we'll be able to make more money than you. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, we are way over... This has been a fun show. We have just continued yes. bantering happy Friday. and going on, but good stuff. Fun I don't even Friday. I don't even know if we ever truly answered the original question, but that's okay. Well, I think we did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't take notes. Normally, I would take a few notes here so I can remember to. Um, well, we started you know, talking about the bill, and then it's either ask a clarifying question or something. But uh, we talked oh, about society today. We did. This was the ripping the rack manifesto. We did. <laughs> that was elegant. Anyone, like anyone want some handcuffs? Original Tim Matero handcuffs from when he was a cop? Still have them? You, you don't realize how short the middle of those fuckers are until you really get a good look at them. Like, you think handcuffs, like the toy handcuffs that are like, you well, know, seven, not. eight lengths long? No, no, oh, they're yeah, not dude. long. You're, like, you are literally that. Like, you are. And... Still got the keys. Still got the keys. Still got the keys. Still got the do, keys. Do they know you have those or? Uh... Yeah, they don't mind. Oh, you don't have to oh, give you, those back. No, you have to buy them. You, you have oh, to. You... Well, you did back then. I, I you bought. You still it. do. You still do. Oh. You, the only thing oh, you don't do. buy is your gun. They issue you a gun, but you have to buy the holster for it. You have to buy your own mace. You have to buy your own cuffs. You buy your own uniforms. Well, they give you uniform allowance. Yes, and. They do. You get reimbursed. Yeah. yeah. However it is. But yeah, there's a hole in Scarborough right up the street from the 20 on the side road between that and Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops, whatever it is now. There's like a, um ambulance and police store right there on that road. There's and, one stuff right out. in and, downtown and, Amesburg as and well. he said, no, I can't play. I can't. I can't play with these. You got you to gotta put on no. cushion. You got to put cushion on them. Make them, you know, make them fancy. Put cat print on them. Cat print. Mookie, Mookie, should I put cat print? Uh, Mookie said no. So anyway, uh, 
as usual, folks, questions, comments, <laughs> concerns, please send them to, excuse me, ripping the rack podcast at gmail.com. Ripping the rack podcast. Find us on ripping the rack podcast at Facebook. Uh, I totally fucked that up. Find us on Facebook at Ripping the Rack Podcast. I'm exhausted. It's been a long fucking day. Tomorrow's going to be a long day. The next day's going to be a long day. It's just going to be long days from here on out. Um, totally lost my train of thought. Facebook. You were telling yeah. everybody where to find Ripping the Rack Podcast. Facebook, Twitter, Ripping the Rack Podcast. Brian, where else can they hear or watch Ripping the Rack Podcast? Well, Tim, they can hear or watch us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Anchor Breaker, and wherever else they consume their podcast media. And don't forget to check Mark and I out every Thursday or Friday morning, depending on where you are, at 1 a.m. on the East Coast on Twitch with Johnny Death Drop John Starner on his Twitch channel for the Rocky Mountain Recharge Rewind. Come watch us talk about wrestling. It's fun. Really? I thought you oh. were gonna say I thought you were gonna say something about Tuesday morning ripping the rack podcast all candlepin bowling all the time. That too, and Sunday nights on that same Twitch channel I mentioned earlier, Dudes and Belts Wrestling Chatcast, Mark and I too. I'll plug this show every chance I get. I'm listening <laughs> to us. It's a great show. Um, we do have fun. Timmy's even dropped in a few times and made us laugh more than a few times Timmy on Vader. that show. Timmy Vader. It's Timmy Vader time. <laughs> Guys. Have a great one. Have a good weekend. We'll see you again Tuesday morning. Bye, everybody.